Well, again, good evening, and <clears throat> we're glad that <coughs> you are here tonight. We hope, uh, again, you've had a good day and good week, and of course our family has enjoyed, uh, well, let's say our family, it's just uh, Amanda and I and Abigail now who enjoy spring break. The uh, rest of them are working. Um, that's what you live for as a parent. Get your kids out working. <laughs> they start taking over some of them bills. I'm just looking. Uh, I keep telling I kid Adrian all the time. I said, man, when are you going to get married? Or you can take over them bills. Uh, but, and just kidding. Uh, you know, we always say our kids can stay with us as long as they want to. Uh, There'll be a day, <clears throat> some of you have experienced that already, be a day that the house becomes empty. Um, no more messes to clean up. No more uh, shoes to fuss about. or No more of this or that. No more noises. Uh, if you live in our house, there's always a noise, um, usually from my good son. Um, thank you, sir. Um, that's the thing in our in our home. We we talk about a lot. Micah has always made noises <laughs> ever since he was little. Um, he's always made noises, and I think I told you the other night he bought a new turkey call. <laughs> Other night at the academy, and boy, the, I said, well, the ride home is going to be enjoyable. Amanda said, well, Abigail's done told him that ain't happening. I ain't listening to that turkey call. <laughs> and guess what? He's over in her face blowing it. Uh, just to aggravate her. Um, <clears throat> but <clears throat> anyway, we've enjoyed uh, this week and been able to fish a little bit and um, been able to enjoy the time on uh, on the water catching some fish. Had over a had over a two pound crappie yesterday, uh, 2.20 when I weighed it, and uh, caught it out in about 38 foot of water. Boy, it was whew, felt good. You know what I was eating? Payday bar. I was eating a payday bar and drinking my coffee, drinking, whirling in my little fish. Uh, I just enjoy that. Oh, boy, it's just so relaxing. Uh, until you get all your lines tangled up, that's when it don't become relaxing anymore. Uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, do what? Yeah, wrapped around the trolling motor. Uh, but anyway. As you can see, tonight's challenge, we're in this series of study. Last week was according to the gospel, the type of gospel we needed to hear and believe in and live by. But tonight, the challenge to we Christians is to lift up our eyes. Um, you think about that statement. To lift up your eyes. 
going to be looking at uh, the first part of this, uh, Psalms chapter 121, and then we're going to look in as far as the great visions and things that God has placed before men throughout the history of the Bible, and then challenges that He places before us even today in 2021. Um, so it's going to be uh, a good little study for us, I think, uh, tonight concerning that. But when you hear the phrase, lift up your eyes, what do you think about? When you, someone might say to you, or you might say to someone, lift up your head, or lift up your eye. What are you, what are you trying to accomplish with that? Okay, to be able to see. Pay attention. Um, we have to. Uh, when I was, I still do it. I'm 52 year old. When I was a little boy, I crawled. My mama always told this story. I crawled with my head down. I'd have it on the floor. And I'd crawl. Now, don't ask me why I did that, but I did that. Um, and my mom was always amazed because I never ran into anything. She said, I don't know how you do it. She said, I don't know how you did it. She said, you crawled everywhere. She said, you never run into anybody, no furniture, no nothing, but you could always see. But, I don't know why, again, but they'd say, lift your head up. When I got older, I still do it. I walk my head down. I don't know. I don't know why I do that, okay? Uh, not as much now as I used to. <clears throat> but the focus there is lift your head up, lift your eyes up so you can see, so you can see where you're going, so you can see where things are coming from or, or whatever the case may be. Now tonight's challenge is for we as Christians as a whole to lift our eyes up and see the challenges or the things that God provides for us in a daily, Brother God just prayed for it, daily blessings, material things, spiritual things. Now in Psalms 121, you're going to see God's people who are going to be making, this is what this psalm is written, it's the second song of songs of what they call accent. And it's concerning those people, God's children, traveling to Jerusalem for all the um, Passover and all those things that they were going to, they always would come to Jerusalem to worship for. That's what that psalm is written about. It's really an encouraging psalm for them as they make that journey to Jerusalem each year or whatever the case may have been. Um, this psalm of 121 verses 1 through 8, <clears throat> when you uh, read that, uh, someone got that, go ahead and read it. I don't have it pulled up right here yet. Somebody go ahead and read that all the way through 1 through 8. Shall not smite thee by day. 
So, with all that said, we see a psalm of trust. A trust in who? God. And this psalm, again, sets the stage really for that journey that we were talking about just a moment ago. It encourages them, encourages them to lift up their eyes, to look in the right place, to see that they have help from God. Uh, they sing this song and they praise to a God uh, that, that does not slumber, does not go to sleep. Uh, they sing this song uh, of praise to God who, uh, who will keep his people, a God who will protect his people, uh, and an ongoing protection. If you look there in the latter part of that, in the last verse, an ongoing protection from, the, from here and what? Evermore, the hereafter. God will take care of us while we're here and in the life, what? To come. That's right. Um, and basically, if you look at that and break it down, we could say that you look at that psalm, God is never off duty. God's always with us. God's always aware. Because often as they made this journey, they would have to take and, and, and sleep and rest. And to do that, they had to have confidence that, and to know that God was even protecting them then. Is it easy for you and I to lay down and rest at night if we know there are heavy storms coming, tornadoes possibly? No, not really. Not really. Uh, old Neil Huffines is the only man I could ever know that could do that. <laughs> He'd lay down and go to sleep, and I'd say... Uh, the whole the whole farm could have the whole barn fell down one night. He didn't even know it. I mean, it was a small tornado uh, come through that hollow, and he didn't even know it. I said, "You know it?" No, I didn't know it. He said, "I was sleeping, sleeping good." He'd always say, "Everything's good when you can sleep good." <laughs> That's what he'd always say. <laughs> uh, but anyway, these people were to lift their eyes up to God. They were looked to Him for help. Uh, he was always aware of, of the condition and the needs of his people. And as we name these off, think about even today. These, these characteristics, these attributes are still present today for you and for I, for myself. Um, he, he, he gave them the vision they needed to survive the ordeals of life. And today we need that same admonition uh, that they have. We too need to lift our eyes up and see God and all his greatness and goodness, and the grace and the love and the mercy for his people. And we need to see the great work that he expects. Now that's the key. In return, in return for God's all of these blessings and all of these things that he gives you and I, even today to put our feet on the floor and to live today, we need to be able to lift up our eyes and see the great work that he expects out of you and I. That's what we have to do. That's our obligation, if you will. 
We're not alone. He's always with us. He's by our side, pulling with us. But the challenge to lift up our eyes is not only that we might see the true and living God in all his glory, that, 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 but, but that we should lift our, our sights even higher to a greater vision, if you will, of what needs to be or what can be done through God's people. Now, this congregation just put out uh, a lot of money to different various missions and things. Well, that was a case to where our eldership lifted their eyes to see a great need because of this pandemic with our missionaries and things that was able to help and with that. Now, that blessing, number one, comes from God to you, through you to the church, to the, from the church to the missionary. You're the one who did that. God allowed you to do that in our giving. And we need to continue to, to do that as well. Um, but all through history, as you look at your uh, outline there, we need that same admonition, the challenge to lift up our eyes. But you look at point number one. Great visions God has placed before men. Now, you look in, in Genesis 12 and 1 through 3, and what's that great vision that he puts before Abraham there? Do you remember? Exactly right. You look at that passage in, in verses 1 through 3. You know, he tells, he said, get, get yourself out of where you're at. Sometimes we need to make changes in our life. Do you agree? Yeah, we'll agree. There have been times all through my life that I've had to say, well, Matthew, this ain't working out for you. You need to, you need to look somewhere else. You need to, uh, preferably when we look at these things, it's job oriented, isn't it? <laughs> a lot of times. Sometimes. Well, I won't say sometimes there was, a, there, was a job, there was a job that I had for 10 years that was hindering me in a few ways of spending time with just Amanda and then Adriana come along and, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to have any time for my family. I'm working six days a week and they're going to start making me work seven days a week and then I'm going to have to miss church and, and that, that just ain't going to happen. Well, I needed to make a change. And you know what, I was, I won't never forget, my good wife and I, we were scared to death. We just had a new baby. I had, was with this company 10 years, had good benefits, good money. Now, I've always taught my children, and this is advice I got from older people, there ain't nothing wrong with looking for another job, but don't you leave that job till you what? Got another job. <laughs> you got to take care of your family. So I had to toughen out. And it was, it was tough. It was miserable. But there was times that I needed to, 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 make, to make a change. And I believe that it was God in my life providentially working to get me to McCoynsville Church Christ in 2021. Because if I had never left that job, guess what? 
I would have never got my degree in teaching. I would have never came to Gainesboro, Tennessee. I would have never probably preached at different congregations and worked with the youth as I did some in Alabama. I was almost one congregation there. And then we came here and we was with two or three and then preached, I preached at Free State for two years and then came here. So God's plan worked out the way it needed to be. But I had to do my part as well. Just like Abraham here. He had to do his part. God told him, get, get, get thee out of thy country. Basically, pick up everything you got and do what? Leave home. He didn't know nothing about it. He didn't know what Britain was going about, did he? <laughs> uh, what a vision. What a challenge to lift up your eyes. <laughs> Think about that. And God is challenging you and I, even today, to lift up our eyes. <clears throat> what can you do when you lift up your eyes? When, when you lift up your eyes and you trust in God, good things are going to come. But what's the key there? Trusting what? Trusting in God. And I told you a while ago, me and my wife, we were scared to death. We didn't know how we, we really, I mean, we knew he was going to make it. I've told this story many, many times. At that point, uh, right after that, my dad went back to, he was incarcerated, left my mom with a lot of bills. Amanda and I was newly married. We had to pay our bills. She was still in college. Had not got a teaching job yet. I was the only one working. She was working at a little preschool, making just minute amount of money. And I knew I had to pay my mother's bills, and I had to pay my bills. So how are you going to do this? And we went to a Christmas party at her preschool, which was a Christian preschool, private, Marcel Bible School. And one of the ministers there, his wife, where I knew him for years, but... He said, man, we're looking for someone to work with our youth and lead singing. Would you be interested? And he said, we're willing to pay someone to do that. Wow. You're talking about God taking care of you. But I had to first lift my eyes up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Abraham had to do the same thing. Uh, he said, you'll have your own country, your own land, through your seed, I'll bless all nations. What a vision, what a challenge to Abraham and his descendants. Now, challenges that are praised to you and I today as parents and as older people can also be challenges that are placed to the children down the line in our families. Now, one of the challenges in my family, I want my children to have a, a better home, Christian home, and, and more working for the Lord and, and doing things for Him more than... Their mother and I did. That's a great challenge. But when you set the stage at my good wife and I's level, you challenge your children to at least what? Come to that stage, but even do what? Surpass it. You see, that's kind of how the mentality that I'm talking about tonight. We've got to set the stage at our level and say we're going to challenge our children and we're going to help you do it all that we can, everything we can do to help you get to here and then I would love to see you go here. And that's what we should want for our children spiritually and even in their jobs, even in their vocations that they choose. Um, so again, what about Moses? You go to the book of Exodus in chapter 3, uh, 16 through 22. 
What did he challenge him to do there? You remember? Yeah. That's right. Child, he had to go before Pharaoh in Egypt, remember? How did they get to Egypt? Do you remember? Yeah, we just got through studying that, didn't we? Through the famine, uh, Joseph was taken into uh, soul by his brothers, and he was in down there, and he got raised up in the second in command, and he brought his family there, and they all what? Stayed there. Yeah, I think 430 or something they say, somewhere around there. Uh, so you look at that great challenge. He was going to go in and meet with the Pharaoh. And he was going to lead those children out of bondage. Uh, the Lord told him, I'll smite Egypt with all of my wonders. What's that referring to? The plagues. The plagues. He says, I will bring you into the land that I promised. You know, what a hope for enslaved individuals. The great vision God has placed before men even today. Now, <clears throat> um, let's, look, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians 2. <clears throat> What's the, great, uh, what's the great vision for mankind? Or a great vision God placed before men. What's the outline say there? Hope of heaven. Chapter 2, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Notice uh, what, it, uh, what it says here. Uh, to you, you and, and I. Uh, let's see. Uh, if I can find verse 9, there's 8. But it is, as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard. You have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who, what? Love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yes, the deep things of God. Now that hope of heaven. The greatest vision we could say tonight that God has placed before men, surpassing any, anything concerning your learning and vocation that you've chosen to work in and do, uh, the great things you've done and all your jobs and all the history of your Whatever, all the accomplishments that you we've ever had, you know, even if you've got a doctorate degree, this here surpasses it that, doesn't it? The greatest vision that's ever been put before men, as we've seen right here, is the hope of heaven. Now, here it is. God's basically saying to you, here's the challenge. Here's your challenge. Lift up your eyes and see the challenge. Here it is. The challenge is... I've gone, our son Jesus has gone to prepare a place for you, John 14. And he's told us if he's gone to prepare a place for us, he says he's going to come back and take us there with him, right? Yeah. Okay. So here's the challenge. This is what you got laid out before you. 
Are you going to meet that challenge? Just like when I was in college, man, they used to pass out those syllabi. Those syllabus, you know, that lays out the whole uh, semester or whatever. Oh, boy, I'd go home and I'd be so tore up. And man, I'd say, we'll get it done. One thing at a time. We'll get it done. One thing at a time. Man, it just blow my mind when I seen those things. I was like, how in the world do they expect me to get all this done? Kind of sometimes when people sometimes get, we talk about perseverance on Sunday, didn't we? Sometimes we look at how am I going, how am I going to get all this done to get there? We're going to do what? We're going to accept the challenge, number one. We're going to lift our eyes up and do what God has commanded us to do. And by the grace and the mercy and the love of God and through what we have done and faithfulness to Him, becoming a member of the Lord's church, being baptized, living faithfully, doing all those things, we have accepted and we're going to meet that challenge and we're going to end up in that wonderful place called heaven. So the greatest vision that's ever been placed before men is the hope of heaven. It gives us a desire. It should give us a desire. It should enlarge our hope. It gives us motivation. It should, this challenge of heaven and the hope of heaven, it should give us a purpose for living and serving faithfully here. It should. People say, well, I've heard people say before, well, I just don't have anything to live for. People who are suffering from depression and things, and of course, not making light of any mental illness because mental illness is real. But a lot of times people become so discouraged, they say, well, I just, I just don't have anything to, to, to live for. Well, yes, I got something to live for. As long as I got air to breathe and my lungs are still functioning and my heart is still beating, I got something to live for. That is to live faithfully every day to be able to go to heaven. That's my challenge. That's my job. That's the job God, God gave me. Um, often when we educators, as we teach children, we give them little jobs. We give them little jobs. I got little jobs for my kids uh, in my classroom. Uh, through the COVID pandemic, we sanitize. <laughs> and uh, every morning when they eat their little breakfast at their desk, they get up and they get a wipe and they have to clean their desk. And we have a little bat. His name is Batty. And Batty would only sleep in the cleanest desk there is. So at night, little Batty will fly into their little desk. That's the cleanest one. And believe me, they know what everybody else's desk looks like because they go and look at them. They go and poke their heads in there and see if their little tray is, is nice and neat and their headphones are, are, are uh, wrapped up and uh, the pencil boxes are where they need to be and, and everything's in order. Uh, because I, ha I think some of them sometimes will go over and mess the other ones up though. I think, I've been, I think I've caught them doing that. I ain't sure, but I think I caught them. They go over and mess somebody else's desk up where the bat won't sleep in there. Uh, don't you tell me that uh, our, uh, our challenged children aren't smart, because they are. <laughs> They're a lot smarter than what people give them credit for. Uh, so, again, uh, accepting that and, and moving forward. Now, if God places visions and possibilities before mankind, then we ask ourselves this question then why can't we see the value of such for us today? Point D there on number one. 
not only those that God has given to us, but visions of possibilities of how to get the job done He wants done. The purpose of this lesson tonight is to do those things. Number two, let us lift our eyes up and see. Now, the challenge that we put on this lesson is our congregation right here. People who you see here on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights pretty much are your dedicated Christian that's going to, to be the core, if you will, barring sickness and other things like that that hinder us. But that's the core. And the core people are the ones who get what? The job done. You see, I always wanted to be part of the core. I always wanted to be there. I tried one time. Amanda and I had this great uh, plan that we were going to move to Tennessee and we were not going to work with any youth and I was not going to preach. I was just going to teach Bible study and lead singing and just be a, just a regular, regular church member, I guess you could say. Guess what? How do you think I handled that? Not very well. Because I felt like what? I felt like I could do more. I felt like I wasn't doing nothing. Unless my plate was full and I was having to study X number of hours a week and having to keep on keeping on and good and good and I wasn't doing it. That's, I'll tell you what, that's going to be a struggle for me the day that I need to retire and step out of this pulpit. That's going to, I can tell you, unless my health is so bad that I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> that's going to be a struggle for me. Because there are, there are actually books out there and studies that are going on right now for our older preachers who have stepped out, the depression that sets in. Because it happens, that's a true thing. Depression sets in with our old, old ministers because they feel like they're still not, they're not able to do what they used to do. Just like when a man gets her old or whatever and he can't do what he used to do. It affects you mentally, doesn't it? does me. Uh, even now at 52, I can't do what I used to do. Uh, and I struggle with that. But again, the thing for our congregation, uh, point two, where can we see this congregation in five years? Now, i got to finish up and run it behind, but in five years, what can you do to lift up your eyes to help this congregation grow spiritually. Now, I don't know if you remember, years ago, I told you that I, I really, I, I still pray for that we grow numerically, but not as much that we needed to grow spiritually. Now, I think we have. I think we as a congregation as a whole has grown spiritually in the last few years to a great extent. And once you get that going, what happens? Numerical comes. Uh, if we can ever recover from COVID, uh, that's, that's going to be the key. Uh, so again, what do you see this congregation in five years? Do we see ourselves in five years not having any Bible school teachers? Or do we see ourselves in five years having Bible school teachers with a surplus? Are you going to accept the challenge tonight to be able to become a Bible school teacher to relieve some of these people who are having to teach every quarter? That's the question. Are you going to accept that challenge? Well, I can't teach. Well, you know why you can't teach? Because you never accepted a challenge. Anybody can read and study the Bible and teach. 
Now, are more people qualified? Yeah, some people are more qualified than you are. Or some people are more qualified than me. But if you're not teaching and you're not involved in, in, in a Bible study program here, you need to become that. That's a challenge for you. What about a challenge of leading singer, or a challenge of preaching, or a challenge of, of uh, preparing yourself to become a deacon, or preparing yourself to become an elder? And that's a family thing. That's not, that's not just individually men. Wives, you've got to prepare yourself. But are you desiring those things? Some men don't desire that. That's more qualifications as far as our eldership and, and, all, and the deacons and, and things. But do you desire that? But are you preparing yourself? Are you preparing your family? Are you accepting that challenge? Where do we see this congregation in five years? And what will make that growth possible? What will make those challenges become reality in this congregation? What has to happen first? We as a group have to want it. We have to accept the challenge. Every man sitting here listening on the internet tonight or every woman who, who could be a, a deacon's wife or an elder's wife needs to accept the challenge. Uh, we, need to, we need to really be looking at those things. Um, if a great vision was put before us, how would we deal with it? Um, you know, you look uh, like the Israelites. Remember when they were going into the, the, the promised land the first time there in Numbers 13 and 33? They appeared to be as grasshoppers in their sight because they were great giants. They felt defeated already, wasn't it? Who was it that uh, had confidence they could do it? Yeah, Joshua and Caleb, wasn't it? That's exactly right. And we need to remember Romans 8 and 31. If God be before us, or God be for us, who can what? Be against us. That's the great challenge. And it needs to be a unified, number three. I'll let you look at that the rest of the time on your own. as a personal study for you. Unifying, coming together. They rebuilt the city Nehemiah took a leave, if you will, from the king and went back to help them. And even with opposition from the local men, had to work with a weapon in one hand and a tool in another, they still accomplished those things. So again, study that as well, accepting that, that, uh, that challenge and helping us meet the challenges for us. Next week, uh, we'll be looking at mediocrity, uh, challenging to rise above it. Um, if you want to be looking at uh, Revelation 3 and uh, studying that uh, chapter and, and mainly the verses 15 through 16 and 19, 15 through 19 uh, will be that overcoming and lifting our eyes to see the challenge of mediocrity. All right, we'll close there tonight.